Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the recap episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan at Thunder Chats, and I am joined from the state of North Carolina by a certain Matthew Tierney at Prime Nerlands. Matt Tierney, what is going on, man? Oh, you know, just uh, living life. Uh, Turns out, I, I didn't actually tell you this before we started, but... Today Uh-oh. I finally told I told my boss today that I was officially uh, quitting grad school today, so I am officially on the market for a new job, and it's actually a good thing because I did not like the grad school I was in, so I'm actually much happier now than I was before. So no need yeah. to be alarmed, but that happened today. It was a big moment, and. I am actually just more excited to talk about Thunder basketball than I ever have been because I don't have grad student worries on my mind. I can just think about today and this Thunder basketball game, which unfortunately we lost, spoiler alert, and how weird it was to see Russell Westbrook in a freaking red uniform hugging the Thunder players at the end of the game. That was so weird. It was weird. Uh, is this why you volunteered to edit afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> I got no obligations, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, happy tyranny is a good tyranny, so yes, sir. we're happy for you there. But uh, enough about you. <laughs> Let's wow, get into okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get into this basketball game in which the Thunder lost to the Rockets 116-112. to 112. By hooking up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. They hook up the TiVo yet? All right, so starting off with this game in the first quarter, I was laying down my two-year-old for bed. I uh, gave him the melatonin, um, he cried, I gave him milk, finally went to sleep. I didn't get to watch a lot of the first quarter, but somebody did hit him with a tyranny. Well, before I do that, a, a bit of a pro tip. The the old slip the NyQuil into the, uh, into the crack, cheese cracker or something like that is always a strong move. So, you know, if you ever are in that situation next time, you know drug them up real nice that'll work um of course oh yeah but yeah first quarter um i already mentioned it but my initial just watching the game with russell westbrook on the court playing against the oklahoma city defense was so weird because i was watching stephen adams make a pick on russell westbrook when just a year ago and like 11 years before that for the last 11 years we've seen Russell Westbrook use Steven Adams for the pick so just seeing the roles swapped like that was just such a strange image for me throughout this entire game that I still haven't really totally comprehended and then just like in general having him play against the players he played with for years and years or you know a few years if they were younger all of that was weird all of it it was just all weird yeah. But aside from that, uh, you know, Steven Adams did what he does 
the best, which is do really good post-ups very early in the game. Mm-hmm. He did not do as well later on for reasons we'll discuss later, but he was doing great post-ups at the beginning. He was owning the P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella swap. P.J. Tucker didn't really have an answer for him at the beginning, so he was just basically getting what he wanted. And the other big note I have is that I thought CP3 had a lot of attitude and sass in this first quarter, perhaps <laughs> because of the fact that he was playing his old team of which he did not enjoy some particular players. Um, and so I think that attitude kind of was was uh, permeating through his gameplay. Yeah. It was, it was like things just like looking a little too long at the opposing players after a shot or like, when he makes a shot, he would like not give the ball directly to the person passing it. And he just kind of leave it on the floor. Just little subtle things like that. I just, it was very clear he had a bit of an attitude coming in. Um, so that was kind of the other general comment I had about this quarter. Um, petty wars. It was major petty wars and something we don't, ex- are not at all surprised to see from Chris Paul. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I uh, also wanted to comment on the first quarter that uh, Gallinari I mean this is a theme that we have seen throughout the entire season so far Uh, he's been saving this team left and right but in this particular quarter he uh, I'm pretty sure he I didn't look this up but I'm just going to say he had a uh, exactly 100% success rate when it came to three point plays whether it was (laughs) and ones or three point shots he just he just did it all from the three point plays like seems legit he was, he's just so good. Um, I'm going to be sad to miss it to when he gets traded. And I'm also, side note, a little bit worried that Thunder Twitter is getting a little too uh, emotionally attached to Gallinari, which is fair. He's been playing really well. But we need to remember, as a community, this guy should not be on our team at the end of the season. There's no point. We're a rebuilding team. He's an expiring contract. We have to trade him. So, yeah, I feel like that needs to, needs to just be said. Don't get too attached <laughs> to him. He's been really, really good. But he's been really good so he can get the assets for us, not that we can keep him. So, in any case, he, he looked really good in the first quarter as he's been looking all season. Um, so, at this point... Uh, it was a, a pretty close game. There was a timeout about five with five minutes left. It was tied about 12 to 12. After the timeout, um, Steve got an offensive rebound, but then one of the many bad foul calls by the refs in this game, which will be a recurring theme, uh, he got an offensive foul for charging, despite the fact that P.G. Tucker was very clearly not just within the, the circle, but he was pretty much oh, directly... Yeah. He's pretty much directly under the basket. Like yeah. it was, it was the most obvious chart or obvious obvious block, I should say. And Steve knew it too, which is why he pushed headlong into PG Tucker, knowing full well that he wouldn't be called with the offensive foul. But he did anyway. So that was kind of a, a very uh, bad call by the refs, in my opinion. And then uh, to kind of make up for that, I saw one of the slickest passes I've seen from SGA. Uh, where it was a pick and roll with Noel going down to the rim and he just sort of like laser beamed it right to him and there was nobody within a foot of Noel and he just sort of laid it in. That was a beautiful pass and something that we've been seeing as well throughout the entire season. It was that one hand laser, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he drew in both, both players. There was also another pass. I don't think I wrote this down, but... That wraparound to Steven? Yeah, yeah, that was the other one yeah. that to me really stuck out. It was it was not only a a laser, but it was he passed it after he went past the backboard, so Clint mm-hmm. Capella had no chance of getting to Stephen Adams because he was already, he was already fully <clears throat> committed to SGA. So that to me was just like such a great play for a, a second year, in, let alone like any any NBA player. So he just looks so good. I'm just I've. Put, like there has been just no plays at all that I can think of that make me worried at all with this guy. He's been so promising the whole year. Um, 
So yeah, aside from those plays, I think we also kind of benefited from Houston's lack of shooting in this quarter. They were two of 11 at one point before the two minute mark when they called a timeout, ended up being two of 14 of this in the quarter for three point range. So just shoot the three point shooting in general was not showing up for them, which really helped us expand our lead, which ended up being about 28 to 18 after a minute and 40 when they called another timeout. And part of that was due to Schroeder's incredible shooting in this quarter and just pretty much like starting where he left off in the Golden State game. Yep. He he ended up being two for three. The third shot from three was a kind of a heat check. So he was, yeah. you know, just kind of seeing what he had. He shot um, it and then squatted. <laughs> yeah, he was he was really looking for that heat check. And then the last note I have from this quarter, which I thought was pretty crazy, was Westbrook drove to the rim and New Orleans just stripped him clean and then mm-hmm. ended up going with a fast break from there. I thought that was really cool. I I don't know of many centers that can do that, where they can just kind of like strip a very good point guard that can drive to the rim. I thought that was just an awesome play. So anyway, end of the first quarter ended up being a nice 35 to 22. Um, as I mentioned, Houston's three-point shooting was very bad. They attempted 14 three-pointers in just this quarter, only made two of them. And I forget, I didn't write down what the, I think it ended up being five of nine in that quarter, if I remember correctly, for the Thunder three-point shooting in that quarter. So they were clearly shooting better. Houston was shooting poorly. It all sort of amounted to a nice 13-point lead leading into the second quarter. And, uh... Dylan, I know you have this second quarter, but I, I have a particular player in mind that I hope you mention a couple times just because uh, he's not been getting a lot of uh, <laughs> favorable tweets and comments on the social media sites, if I must say. Well, before we get to that, I just have a couple other things to add on the first quarter. Um, oh, yeah. Now you, you was talking about Gallo. Uh, that 1-3 that he launched um, was super deep. That was uh, so deep. Yeah, I, I immediately tweeted Green Bean Gallo, which if you play NBA 2K, <laughs> you know what Green Bean is. So uh, I think it's a good nickname. It should stick. I like it. <laughs> um, the other thing that was of note was uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. At one point, he got the ball off of a rebound, I think. And I think it was P.J. Tucker that was guarding him. And he hit him with the most filthy sidestep step-back jumper. Uh, from three point oh. line, and he drained it. I literally got up from my couch and ran to the kitchen. <laughs> like no reason whatsoever. I just felt compelled to get off of my couch and run to the question and say, "Oh my god!" Because I mean that that was just ridiculous, man. It was so smooth and it was like slow motion almost. It just yeah, like all of his plays seem like they're in slow motion sometimes, and it's just like poetry. It's like poetry. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, each move is so deliberate and has a purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing to note is, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm hoping Steven gets a video of this. But um, oh yeah, I, I think yeah. Shango just Alexander. Uh, he was lined up. He was shooting a free throw. He made the first one. Hami and Baisley were both on either side. He, you know, reached forward to dap them both up. And Baisley was turning around talking to somebody on the bench. And Shay was like, you know, try to get his attention. He didn't do nothing, so Shay just pushed him. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave him a good hearty shove and basically turned around with the Josh Hart expression. <laughs> uh, it was so perfect. I really hope Steven can find that because that was too good not to watch. Yeah, I, I saw that too, but I didn't have a chance to record it. So, yeah, Steve yeah. needs to get on that ASAP. Absolutely. Uh, last thing to note is Russell Westbrook went scoreless in the first quarter. Oh, I didn't know that. It's good to know. Yeah. Transition to the f- second quarter. Opens up with a Russell Westbrook bucket. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> um, it was very clear early on that Houston had a game plan to get buckets and get their offense going, and that was to attack Darius Baisley. Yes. Russell Westbrook, Austin Rivers... P.J. Tucker, James Harden, they were all just driving in on Baisley. They was giving him everything they can, everything that he could handle, 
and more. And Russell Westbrook at one point even got in Darius basically face and was like chirping at him, which, you know, we're not going to talk about how that makes me feel right now, but <laughs> um, th- that was the main way that Houston was getting their buckets. Now, on the Thunder side of things, uh, Hamdu Diallo had a couple of nice drives to the rim. Uh, Dennis Schroeder continued his hot shooting, which just feels wrong to say. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I think at that point, I, I think by halftime he was shooting four or five from three, which is just insane. That's like, if insane. You look at, yeah, if you look at this guy in the Utah Jazz game or the Washington Wizards game, and I told you that he shot four or five in the first half of a game, you – you look at me like I was crazy. You'd smack me upside the head. Any but, game. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. But, I mean, that's that's what happened. He was just My crushing gosh. it. And uh, something else I noticed in this half, or in this quarter, that was kind of troubling. Because, you know, Houston was playing switch everything. And anytime Chris Paul, uh, you know, got the pick and Capella came up over, Adams would drop and Paul would back it up to get one-on-one with Capella. It didn't seem like Chris Paul could drive by Capella for some reason, and I find that troubling. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Chris Paul. He's not looked great. Like, I think I saw a stat from Al Baby Cakes that was like, well, this has not to do with, this doesn't have to do with points, but it was basically like Chris Paul last year had... Uh, what was it? Eight or fewer assists four times the entire yeah. season. And this year he's had eight or fewer assists every game to start. Yeah. And that, that just seems like a little concerning for, you know. He's hit eight at all? I, do, I according to, I haven't backed that up, but I, I trust his, his, uh, his statistics. But apparently he has not hit eight assists the entire season. Yeah, no, I, so, I didn't, I didn't think so. But yeah, that's that's wild though. Yeah, that really I, is. To me, that's like very concerning. As like, I, I mean, I think his argument was more or less like the Thunder system needs to be improved. Not Chris, you know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily Chris Paul's problem, but still, it's like, you know, we're trying to get this guy to a Miami or to like another contender come trade season and. You know, you got to have, like, at least a good performance or decent performance offensively. And, yeah, like, the first three games, we just haven't – or four games, I guess, we haven't seen much. Yeah. He just hasn't performed as well. Well, the last thing that I have of note is, um, like, right before the end of the half, like, four – I think it was four seconds left – Somebody in Houston missed a shot, and Russ Westbrook just came careening out of nowhere and tip-sanded yeah. it. It got the crowd into it, got the team into it. Shea tried to get a shot up to end the half, and he was just swarmed by everybody on Houston. He couldn't even get a shot to go up. So uh, the Thunder went into the half. Mm, let's see here. Let me do some quick math. Do it. 62. Wait, that can't be right. It's a 62 to 52. I guess we were up 10. Okay. Yeah. Thunder went to the half up 10, but at that moment when Westbrook got that tip slam, that's when the momentum started to shift. And it sure did. It was apparent in the third quarter, which Tierney had fun with that one. I was, I was going to give one other comment. That's not basketball related in the second half. So I, uh, I'm low-key not a big fan of Nick Cage as an announcer for Fox Sports. Uh, but one thing that I thought was... <laughs> you just... <laughs> what? You just said Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage, that's his name. It's Michael Cage. Oh, Michael bro. Cage. Michael Cage, sorry. Michael Cage. Nicholas I wrote Cage that. Nicholas Cage is the actor. I know, I know. I mixed that up. I mixed that up. <laughs> Michael Cage. Up. I wrote Michael Cage, but I was like, I was just trying to remember off my notes. Michael Cage. That's the National Treasure guy. Yes. <laughs> not not the actor, the Fox Sports announcer, Michael Cage. All right, go on. I'm sorry, not that's a, funny. Yeah, I, I've done that multiple times, I think. Uh-huh. But anyway, Michael Cage, he's very notorious about, like, only siding with the Thunder on literally every call. He's just mm-hmm. super he's super biased about it, which is fine if you're like a Thunder announcer. But the, this was the first time I've ever heard him side with 
the rockets on a like challenge call or not like a call that's been call that's been challenged but like a call that's contentious in some way he actually yeah. sided, sided with the rockets and i was i just want to make a note of that because i've never seen that ever in my history of watching fox sports so i wanted to give that shout out to michael cage because that was a very that was a big growing moment in his uh announcing career i want yeah to that's just get that actually one. leads into a couple other things i had is you know there was the coaches challenge in the second quarter there was and i i don't know why i haven't seen the coaches challenge in the nba yet but this was the first time i saw it and so when i saw the green light and the green thing cool. come up on the screen i was like hmm that's pretty that cool is visually stimulating i like it it was really cool it's just, uh, it's it's so funny how dumb we are as, like, sports fans. Just be, like, a light that shines on, like, the <laughs> screen. We're just like, oh, that's cool. Something new, something bright, something yes, shiny. Something, something pretty. Also, yeah. the fact that, also the fact that he put his, like, actual glasses on at the time of the challenge was really funny to me because it was like he was trying oh, to just, like, Tony. Yeah, he was trying to, like, see better to, yeah. to make sure the challenge was correct. That was really funny. I've never, I've never seen Mike D'Antoni wear glasses either, so that was kind of a new, a new little thing for me. Yeah, D'Antoni's a fun little character to watch in the whole coaches challenge. He, he got he so heated. He, he was is. like, "Who reviewed that? Who reviewed that? You gotta be effing <laughs> kidding me!" Because he, he, he never smiles once ever. It's so funny. And last thing you have to mention, I've done that or hit a three. Okay, into the third quarter. What was that? I didn't catch that. <laughs> Abdel Nader hit a three. Alright. Abdel Nader hit a three. You're exactly right. <laughs> he also got an offensive rebound if we're gonna just talk about stats here. So anyone oh, asking him the MVP. Anyone asking that why Abdel Nader is not shouldn't be on the court, well, we wouldn't have had that three we wouldn't have been nearly as close as we were in this game had Abdel Nader not hit that three. So continuing on. Uh things things got bad, Dylan. They, they got did. bad. They got real bad. Um, so as you mentioned, they were up 62 to 52, and in the blink of an eye, uh, they, it became 66 20, 62. Thunder still up by four, um, but most of that was because Harden decided to start making threes, as he tends to do, um, get the end ones, and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, it just. It just kind of came back to the to the point where three pointers were going in, and then PJ Tucker made another three later on after the timeout at nine and a half minutes, and they took a one point lead, and that's kind of just where things, you know, we never, I don't think we ever had a lead again after that because uh, it ended up being a seven to run after that timeout. CP3 got a technical foul because he was, I think he was complaining about delay of game from Houston, but they ended up just calling the tech on him. So a lot of bad things happened in the succession. There was a Schroeder Noel alley-oop that I wanted to mention, a big energy play at the time. Yeah. Which I, uh, I initially thought would be promising, ended up not being, <laughs> it didn't really amount to anything. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, this has happened before, also not entirely basketball related. They're now doing mid free throw commercials on Fox Sports and it makes it confuses me to no end because I think they're going to a commercial and then they're still like playing on the court like he's in the middle of a free throw and then they like cut back and it's like the game again. So it really throws me off cuz a lot of times when I go to commercial it like is a time for me to like step away for a second like if i need to do something and i just it just throws me off i don't like it yeah so anyway mm. we have free throw commercials i it's weirding me Not out a fan. I, need, I need time to adjust <laughs> um but yeah other than that, so after that nice little schroeder noel alley-oop i have a couple well no i have one good note basley <laughs> was making some really nice moves in this third quarter especially a particular play on the baseline where he was able to get to the hoop and then dish it. He's just, he's looking much better than I expected. Although my expectations were pretty low, it still has really surpassed them 
pretty extensively. Also, I didn't mention this earlier. Baisley made a, a sweet contested three in the first half. Yeah. And that was also really cool. So Baisley, as just like a 19-year-old who's still growing and developing, he's shown a lot of promise. Um, so at this point, there was a, a moment in the third quarter that really just irked me where Baisley, or not Baisley, Himaju Diallo had a wide open dunk and completely missed it. Like it wasn't even, no one was even near him. He just went up, put the ball in the hoop and he hit the rim and then it bounced out. There was yeah. nothing, there was nothing else. It's and like, if I, you're going to miss it, don't cock it back. Yeah. It was like, I, it was one of the worst dunks I've ever seen. And from the, from the dunk champion of 2018, you do not expect this type, or I guess it was 2019. Dunk champion of 2019, you do not expect this type of performance from from Hamadou Diallo. But nevertheless... I'm hearing, a, I'm hearing a lot of slander from Hamadou Diallo right now. One of the worst dunks you've ever seen. you got to be kidding me. I don't... Hey, name me a worst... He was wide open. No one was around him. And he just, it didn't go in. So how, I mean, that's got to be like on the top tier worst dunks in the NBA. I've, I've seen many people miss dunks, wide open dunks. I've seen Russell Westbrook. Worldwide Wild literally has a Twitter thread called Russell Westbrook versus the Rim. That's true. Russell Westbrook has a lot of terrible dunks. Yeah. And this and this particular one falls right into that category because there was, it was literally Hammy versus the Rim. And the rim won today, so very very unfortunate. Rockets ended up hitting a three in the transition after that miss, and that led to the biggest Houston lead, which was 86 to 77 at the time. Um, the other, uh, a couple other notes that I will say, there were an extraordinary number of 24 second violations in this third quarter. I don't know why. I. I assume we're just like trying to set up plays that take quite a bit of time for whatever reason. And then we just can't get the right shot off. But there was definitely two 24 second violations. And then at least two or three others that were really, really close. Had we not gotten fouled or like lost it or something. So not totally sure what that's about, but that just sort of started happening all of a sudden. Um, and then one, I'll redeem my hammy, uh, uh, slander with another positive comment about Hamadou Diallo. He did look good at the end of this quarter. He was, he, I, I just wrote Hammy is hot in capital letters, H-O-T. I don't remember what exactly he did, but I know he was hot at the end of the quarter, so that's good. It's because he was mad. He got a technical. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> So That's you're funny. slandering him even more. You baited That's me into funny. more slander. That's funny. I I I like subconsciously did not or I consciously did not realize that, but subconsciously I was baiting you into that. So <laughs> Hamadou Diallo, now that you said that, that reminded me. He got a technical uh basically because he was mad, I think. Presumably because his dunk missed. And uh the technical ended up in another free throw, obviously, so it was he was clearly just like angry at the world and just piled on to the the problems in this quarter yeah um, it wasn't smart because i mean you know he he battled with rush for the offensive rebound he got the rebound that's awesome i was cheering i was like yes homie awesome mm -hmm. board and instead of backing it out letting the offense reset he's facing away from the basket and he jumps turns in midair and tries to score misses it Thinks he gets fouled, then he claps in the rest face, gets caught for the technical. Yep. It's just be smarter, man. Just be smarter. Yep. Agreed. But he's young. We'll get there. Um, the last major comment I had is that Westbrook chirped a 19-year-old, which I thought was funny, and it sparked a bit of a Twitter conversation to wonder what age range Westbrook would chirp in an NBA <laughs> game because if he's chirping 19 year olds like how far down does it go like if 
Like if theoretically, if a 10 year old could be eligible for the NBA, do you like, would he cheer up a 10 year old? And then on the opposite end, if like a 65 year old was in the game, would he cheer up a 65 year old? Like it just, I just don't know his age range for like talking smack to people. Cause it seems like there is no age range because he's, he's literally chirping Darius Baisley. He's been in like four NBA games, just got out of high school. Like yeah. it's just it's it's classic Russ. We'd all expected it, but it's just still funny to me. It was great to see no reaction from Basley though. Like yeah. he said he, something back to Russ, but like there was no anger, there was yeah. no sorrow, there was no joy or smart aleckness in his face. It was just cold. I agree. It was cool, calm, and collected, just like you like to see from your players when people trip you. So, but yeah. It was just a very weird visual to see that. And uh, that's sort of where I ended ended this quarter. They were down uh, 92 to 81. So overall, a very poor performance for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that sort of leads us into the final stages of this game. Yeah, the Thunder got outscored 39 to 18 in the third quarter. It's not great. No, the thing that really troubled me was it seemed like we was playing a lot of ISO basketball. Mm-hmm. A lot of, here, Dennis, you try. You were hot in the first half. Oh, you're going to miss your three-pointers now. Cool. Here, Nuts. Chris, you try. Oh, dang. You can't get past Chris Ca- or Clint Capella. Here, mm-hmm. Gallo, you try. Oh, you're not hitting the green bean. It, it was just annoying. And, and I, was, I was literally sitting there with... Um, my little brother and uh, my wife and I was just like, if you're gonna iso ball, give it to Shea because he can at least yeah. break down the defender. Sure yep. enough, they gave it to Shea. He broke down the defender. He had that little lefty uh, swirling scoop shot that hit all parts of the rim. And I'm like, hey, there you go. But mm-hmm. into the fourth, the Thunder actually won the fourth quarter um, for what that matters. 32 to 25. Um, you know, Shea had a couple big buckets. Chris Paul was finally showing up. He was hitting some big buckets. Uh, Gallo had a couple threes. Like, we was getting contributions all around the starting lineup. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes just because I find that I've become a prisoner to my notes. But I did note that our defense was locked in for this quarter. Um, so much so that the Rockets did not score a single point in the fourth until the 6 minute and 45 mark. And that's awesome. Um, what was not awesome is at the 6.45 mark, James Harden was at the free throw line shooting two free throws. And that would be the story of the fourth quarter is James Harden at the free throw line. Um, also, at that 6 minute and 45 mark, marked the time that Steven Adams checked out of the game for Nerlens Noel would not return because Steven Adams walked back to the locker room which with, with what Eric Horn, uh, the Athletics Eric Horn is reporting <coughs> is a knee contusion so definitely hope Steven uh, feels better uh, we need him back there, it, I mean he was getting dragged around all game the ref Ooh. was just not calling it it felt like every time he went up for the rebound it looked like somebody was pulling his hair back <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like I feel like Steve Steve already needs the load management in game four. Like it's uh it's already gotten to that point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, but like I said, you know, the Rockets didn't score a point until the six forty five mark, then Harden hit those two free throws and that just kind of set the precedent for the rest of the fourth quarter for the Rockets because Harden went to the line what felt like seventeen times. Yeah. Uh, Russ actually made some tough buckets on Shea. Um, <laughs> not going to lie, I muttered under my breath, oh, now you want to make that? <laughs> <laughs> Salty uh, Dylan. Just just a little bit. Salty like potato chips, like popcorn, like french fries. But, you know, we ain't going to linger on it. <clears throat> um, Shea actually ended up making a huge bucket with like a minute left. He hit a huge three-pointer uh he had another look at three that just missed 
Um, he had a nice drive in the lane for a nice, you know, just a layup um, as time was about to expire. Um, the only thing that really confused me in the fourth quarter, and, and, and we talked about this, is why the heck was Deontay Burton in there with like 11 seconds left? He was in there per, for precisely one play, and then they immediately took him out for Danilo Gallinari again. And uh, yeah, he technically got some minutes. A minute. And, and, you know, I noticed, too, they did that in the second half, too. He checked in right before. Like, there was, like, five what? seconds left in the second half, and he checked in. Why? That's so dumb. I, I don't know, man. It, I mean, it didn't. I mean, the, the second half I can explain because I thought maybe he was coming in to get the foul so that no one else would get in foul trouble. But the first half, that just makes no sense. Like, why yeah. even put him in for, like, 10 seconds if the half zone was over? Yeah. And the the last thing I have to note is I forgot how much. Like, I thought that Russ playing with Harden might be able to, like, redeem Harden in the way that I watch basketball. But nope. when... <laughs> gosh. When Dennis... Um, you know, there was contact, and he did use his arm to get around him. When Dennis, like, was coming up, uh, I think it was just, like, a coast-to-coast fast break, and Harden, like, came up in front of him, and he put his arm around him, to, like, to get by him, like, to wrap around him, and Harden whipped his head back like he got hit in the head. Every time he does that, it's so <sighs> I hate it so much. I'm reminded why I will never, <laughs> never this is why, enjoy this is why I Jordan. never... This is never. This is why I will never root for the Houston Rockets, no matter how how much time Westbrook plays on that team. Yeah, I hate it. I hate their gameplay. I hate all of it. It's stupid. Absolutely, man. But um, yeah. I mean, in the long story short, you know, we we lost. I mean, we did what we supposed to do. We sent Westbrook to line. We sent Russ, er, and he he made those free throws. Uh, we sent Harden to the line. Yeah, Westbrook, Westbrook went one and two. To be fair, he was not as clutch as he usually is at the end of games. Oh yeah, when they started chanting Brody, Brody, Brody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you know, in the end, we lost one sixteen, one four, or one twelve. But uh, I, for one, was very impressed with the performance, and mm-hmm. I think it's something that you know we can hang our hat on because you know this Houston team. Everybody is labeled as contenders in the Western Conference. <clears throat> and this Thunder team, everybody is labeled as tanking in the yeah. Western Conference. So the fact that we were four-point dogs to Houston at Houston, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning. I don't think I did. But, you know, the last two days we have faced three all-star or sorry, we have faced three MVPs in total from Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell yeah. Westbrook. And we blew out one team and kept the other team with multiple MVPs mm-hmm. very, very close. And we have precisely zero MVPs on our team. And Chris Paul yes. is the only person that would be close to an MVP ever. So... I mean, I don't the expectations for this team. I I honestly think, despite a one and three rec- record, have been surpassed. Like yeah, like I I I've been very pleased with the way we've performed so far. I mean, we hung with the Jazz by around five points. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was tight with the Wizards until yeah. they hit they hit like big threes like late in the game in garbage time. We trounced the Golden State Warriors, and we were four-point losers to the Houston Rockets. Yeah. A game in which Harden dropped 40. Like, I'm okay with that. Russell Westbrook was one essential away from a triple-double. He still doesn't have a triple-double against the Thunder. We still hold that against him. But, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm having more fun this season at four games in than I was last season. Oh, Totally. It's so it's so freeing to just like yeah. not not have to feel like you have to win at all. Like as soon as you start the season, you can just be like, you know, if we lost, that's okay because we looked good. And if we win, 
that's a huge bonus because we probably shouldn't have won one anyway because we're a tanking yeah. team and we trounced the golden state warriors all of this has just been so much fun yeah and it's you know i put the poem on twitter today i said thunder fans who you're rooting for today Rust forever or the team on the front of the jersey okc <laughs> and i had a lot of people coming at me they're like wait a minute aren't we supposed to be tanking i mean we could be tanking but I we're always good yeah and if you know if we don't win and we lose i'm cool with that too <laughs> yeah i think i think people don't necessarily understand like I think Down to Dunk said this. I can't remember which pod I heard this on, but like Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari are not in the phases of their career where they're just going to accept tanking. Like they yeah. are always going to try to win no matter what. So tanking isn't really exactly the most accurate word for what this team is. They're just worse than they are last year, but they're still like in their in all of their heart of hearts trying to win every single game. It's just they don't have necessarily the talent they did last year to win as many games, which is why we'll probably have a worse record, but we are still trying to win every game. So, I I mean, if we lose, the ideal situation is that we lose competitively, which we've done all season so far. And if we win, that's just a bonus because then – we prove that we can compete at an NBA level with more talented teams in most cases. So there's uh, to, to me, like the idea of tanking is a little bit skewed in that, like people sort of think that you're intentionally trying to lose, which most NBA players, even not just like the more experienced ones like Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari, almost all, all NBA players, I will say are not trying to lose. They will try to win the game because they're, they're competing for a salary, a a career, like a future career. Like there's always a reason to to win. So we're always going to try to win every game, no matter what. It's not yep. it's not tanking in that sense. Absolutely. And if you look at a certain player's performance today, you could tell he wasn't trying to tank. And oh, good segue. That, <laughs> We're going to take it to tonight's Academy Award for the Player of the Game. What's his name, Tyranny? You know it. The perfectly pronounced Dennis Schroeder. Uh, everybody <laughs> at home is cringing right now. <laughs> That's right. Dennis Schroeder. Had 22 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. He shot 8 of 13 for the game, 4 of 8 from deep, 2 or 3 from the free throw line, and added a steal to boot. He was a game-high plus 12 in the plus-minus differential, but you didn't know that. Ooh, I didn't. Um, Despite getting called for a couple offensive fouls, I mean, he was ridiculous, breaking down Houston's defenders, getting to the rim, um, his shot, he looks more comfortable and confident with a shot than he has in his tenure in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, it, it's like I said before, Pod, if you told me that this guy, I told you on the pod, if you told me that this guy was the same guy that, you know, played in the first two games, I just, I just wouldn't believe it because he's just playing with a whole new swagger, whole new confidence, and he's really producing for this team right now. And he's playing inspired defense. There was one play where, uh, God, was it the second quarter or third quarter? He was guarding Harden when they was about to inbound it, and they tried to throw it over to Russ. And he just jumped up and grabbed it away from Russ. And I was very impressed by that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Took me a second to remember that. But, yeah, that was a good play. It also, the other thing I was going to mention about Schroeder is that the first two games, he looked so... Don't be Steve Dunn. <laughs> the first two games, he looked so bad shooting-wise. And then it was just like all of a sudden he clicked. And now he's the most efficient shooter I've I've seen out of him in forever. And to me, that sort of signals like he's aware of his like trade market value. And like where it needs to be if he wants to be... Because I... 
I personally don't think he plans on like staying with this team anymore because he came in he, he came into this organization accepting a back like a bench role with the understanding that he was playing for a, a title contender. Mm-hmm. And now, and I mean, even last year, there was a bit of tension in that capacity. So now being a bench role on a team that is not at all competing for a title, I don't think he's going to want to accept just, you know, given his kind of personality and he wants to be, you know, the guy at some point, like, I don't think he's going to stay here very long. So I think, he knows that his trade value needs to be increased, and he's he's done a great job of doing that. I've been super impressed by it. Well, hey, despite his motivations, whether he wants out here on the next bus or if he's here to stay, I mean, the dude has 44 points in the last two games. Uh, I mean, he, he scored 22 points in both of those games. It's nothing... <laughs> Is so 22 points per special? game. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Congratulations. You're tonight's player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? That'll <laughs> <laughs> be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. All right, as we transition to our next segment, we're going to get into a segment that we don't always get into because sometimes there just isn't anything to qualify the segment, but tonight there was, as we get into tonight's most impressive unit. All right, so the most impressive unit goes to... For those of you guys that are new here, um, just a grouping of players that really impressed us on the floor tonight. A lot of times it's a starting lineup, a lot of times it's a combination of the young guys, but tonight it was an unlikely pairing, an unlikely grouping, if you will, because pairing indicates two people. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The grouping would be that of the aforementioned Dennis Schroeder, Hamdu Diallo, Darius Baisley, Nerlens Noel, and have John Nader. Um, I just so, have one question. What, <laughs> for, I have two questions. First of all, why did you decide to have your lineup with multiple Kentucky players? And two, why could you please elaborate on why Abdul Nader was in that uh, unit? Well, the bench unit... Um, who usually struggles to score points for us, uh, scored a grand total of, quick math here, 43 Ooh. plus 9, that's 52 points. Good. Excellent. Yeah, 52 points for the bench tonight. So that is... It's pretty good. That's 50. So yeah, they scored all of our points, not 60. Yeah, so 52 plus 60 is 112. Mm-hmm. Nope, 52 plus 70 is 112. That was terrible math. Nope, nope, it was 60. No, it was I'm 60. I'm done now. Okay. I'm done now. <laughs> you were right the first time. Quit while you were ahead. Yeah, yeah, these guys, you know, they really, uh, they, they helped build that lead in the first quarter, um, and they helped particularly Dennis Schroeder. Um, and Nern was Noel, who played, might I say, just phenomenally tonight. I mean, he showed touch around the rim. Mm-hmm. He was getting dunks around the rim. He, I think, I don't think he missed a free throw. Yeah, he missed one free throw. He shot yeah. five or six from free throw. Shot five Still or six good. for the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 15 points. Like, I, I was very impressed by the bench unit. So, um, yeah, congratulations. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley, Abdul Nader, and Rose Noel. You guys are tonight's most impressive unit. I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast in a city like yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYS Podcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. 
Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours. All right, and with talking about the most impressive unit, we're going to transition into a segment that I invented the last time we did a pod together. Uh, I don't think it's been used since then, so we're going to bring it back with stats that make you say, whoa. I've got an echo effect on my mic, so it sounds good. (laughs) As you stare at me weird, I saw that. No, I was trying to think what do we have a do we have a soundbite for this segment? We don't. Okay. Let's Just the echo mic. mic. Alright. Good. So the stat that made me say whoa is not anything for the thunder. The stat that made me made me say whoa was James Harden shot twenty one field goal attempts. Eight of twenty one to be precise. Uh, three of fourteen from the three point line. And that's that's all well and good. Actually, it's pretty terrible. But uh, of those 21 field goal shots, he shot 22 free throws. Yikes. 22 free throws. I, I would wager to say at least 16 of them was in the fourth quarter. Probably accurate. Also, they put up a, a little, like, blurb in the Fox mm-hmm. Sports broadcast that said he leads – the league and free throw attempts the last five seasons and that is dumb <laughs> i don't doubt it i don't doubt it's, it. i don't either but it's just dumb like what like that's his brand of basketball is just shooting free throws and it's stupid i hate it i hate all of it yeah the man the man flops the man exaggerates the man complains he argues he throws his hands up <sighs> yeah it should not have say whoa, but it does. I don't have another stat that says whoa. That was also my stat, but I do have a hot take if that's still a segment that we're doing. I don't know what I just did. Cover me! I don't know, but I'm, keep, I'm keeping it in, whatever you just did. <laughs> All right, good. Wait, are, are we actually doing a segment for hot takes? Didn't you say that we were doing that? Yeah, I just said, cover me! Okay. Here's my hot take. Are you ready? I'm ready. If this performance continues from SGA, mm-hmm. not only will he be a guaranteed all-star, mm-hmm. he will be a finalist for MVP. Not, not MIP. M V P the V very clear difference. He is still top. I believe he's still top 10 in scoring and mm-hmm. with his defensive, if his defensive stats continue slash improve a little bit, he will, he won't win MVP, but he will be in the race for MVP. That that's, is my hot take. That that's spicy. Spicy. That super spicy. It's I a like very it, spicy tech. Very spicy. I, I came up with that today, and I was like, that actually makes sense in my head, in my dumb brain. I don't think it makes sense, but I like it. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a crazy home, homebody dumb brain sometimes, and today it was firing <laughs> off on all cylinders, and I convinced myself that he could be an MVP candidate, and I'm rolling with it. All right. Well, here's my hot take. Mm-hmm. The Thunder traded away Paul George for Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and seven future first round picks. Correct? That is, that is facts. Facts only. Factual. Russell Westbrook was still on the team when this happened. Is that correct? Also facts. All right. So, in the instant reaction pod, I said that you go to Russ, you ask him what he wants to do, if he wants to get traded trade his butt mm-hmm. if he wants to write it out let him write it out clearly he wanted to trade it we traded him to not only a contender but to play alongside his best friend james harden mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. <clears throat> we received chris paul back we didn't have to give up anybody else but russell westbrook is that correct mm-hmm. so 
if Russ Westbrook decided he wanted to stay, we could have this exact same team, but have Russ Westbrook instead of Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So my hot take is, this team would perform better than what we are going to this year. Obviously, you put a player, Russell Westbrook's better than Chris Paul. Facts. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Gallinari alongside Russell Westbrook. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander giving him another ball handler, another scorer that's alongside Russell Westbrook. Uh, Mike Muscala, who is brought in specifically to match Russell Westbrook's skill set. If you look at this team and you add Russell Westbrook to it, they're still a deep playoff team. But the reason that it's hot take is if Russell Westbrook's still on this team, it stunts the growth of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the franchise is in a clear different direction, so Baisley's not playing. Nope. Um, Hami's probably not playing either. Uh, he might, you know, play some sparing minutes. He might play Baisley's minutes that he has now. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Moose is playing. Nader's probably playing more. I don't know why, but he's probably playing more. He's, and doing, Shea, he's doing what Nader does. <laughs> Shea's probably playing, you know, not what he's playing now. He's he's still playing a lot. But as we've seen in the season, Shea kind of needs the ball in order yep. to be effective. And there's oh, nothing yeah. wrong with that. But somebody who needs the ball more. To be effective, Russell one, Westbrook. One Russell Westbrook. So I, I don't think it would have worked out. So I think the trade worked out in the long run. But I just had that thought today. I was like, man, we could have had this exact same team with Russell Westbrook on it. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually thought you were going to go in a different direction. I thought you were going to say we were going to like compete for a title or something. And I was going to be really surprised by that. But I agree. I think... I think the Chris Paul trade has worked out mostly because Chris Paul has been so like uh, he's been so willing to like give it up to Shay, and like he's been tweeting or not tweeting, but like posting on Instagram some things that are like very supportive of his performances, especially after the Golden State game, like his lack of offensive performances is also in a weird way helped Shea develop more because he gets the Mm -hmm. ball more so like all of that sort of and then like he's he's got a nice relationship with Baisley and so just like his leadership in general and like his lack of need to necessarily just like have the ball at all times like Westbrook has is been really big for these this season so far so I, I actually agree with your hot take I would I would use it as my own hot take as well. Well, there we go. Yeah. And I think my son is up, so <laughs> <laughs> I think this is where we're gonna end the podcast. Um, it's a good time to end it. Yeah, Thunder play the Blazers on Wednesday, um, and you know until then, check us out at OKC Topic Thunder, where we live tweet the game. Uh, we've got a plethora, uh, we've got a deep bullpen of talent on the live tweet game. <laughs> Um, as evidenced today by Jerry saying that Gallinari punched James Harden in the wiener. So we appreciate that, Jerry. Uh, we don't get that content anywhere else. Oh, I also quoted another Topic Thunder tweet. Uh, it was, quote, Gordon has a stupid face, end quote. Yes, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, yeah, Eric Gordon looks like QB Gooding Jr., but, you know, that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um if this is your first time listening, if it's your second time or your 57th time and you still haven't done this, you need to do it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, go find us. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and a positive review. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family about us. You know, spread the word. You know, we are the official Thunder podcast of Thunder Twitter. Uh, you know, we stay very involved. We've got some big things coming up. It's going to be a fun season, guys. So be sure to uh, get on the wagon while you can. Uh, follow my boy Tyranny over here at Prime Nerd Ones. Follow me at Thunder Chats. And yeah, 
like I said, we'll be back at it on Wednesday. Y'all have a great night. God bless. Don't forget, thunder up. Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big